From the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, this is the Entree Leadership Podcast, where I take calls from leaders like you about what it takes to win at any of the five stages of business and leadership. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, and I've got 30 years of experience in the trenches. I've done a lot of stupid butt stuff, and that qualifies me to answer your question. I've got a PhD in DUMB. In 30 years, I've done about every dumb thing you can think of. And in spite of that, our company's become successful. So we'll share with you uh, the ups, the downs, and the sideways. And we'll do it in the form of answering your questions. The phone number here, if you want to be a caller, is 844-944-1070. Or you can leave a little message at the website. Team will get back with you and set you up to be a caller at entreleadership.com slash ask. If you're looking for a college professor answer to this stuff, you're not going to get one here. I'm a guy with dirt under my fingernails, so to speak. I've been digging and scratching and clawing a long time, and um, this is just real-world stuff. I made some of these decisions today. I'll make some of them tomorrow uh, and stub my toe along the way and you know, might just be 30 years further along the process than you are. So that's the only hope you got here. We're glad you're here, though. The number is 844-944-1070. Will starts off this hour in Erie, Pennsylvania. Hi, Will. Welcome to the Entree Leadership Podcast. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me on the call. Sure. What's up? Yeah, so I work in the financial uh, sector, about a $1.5 billion institution with about 170 employees. I was recently hired four months ago to be the successor to my boss in a department of about 10 people. I'm in IT, so I'd be, I'd be the vice president of technology for the company. And as I was hired, it was very well apparent that I was the guy that was coming in to replace my boss. And that's how it's been communicated to me and the executive management. However, my team does not know that. Why? And there, well, there's a guy. Uh, in Why did you all not tell the team what was going on? Uh, well, there's a guy in the department that's been there almost 20 years who thinks that he's getting the role, but has proven even the four months that I'm there, he's not. But he, not you already, he, he wasn't getting the role when they hired you. Correct. Why hadn't they already handled this before they brought you in? That's kind of why I'm calling. I, I had a conversation with my boss, and I had a conversation with HR, just like, hey, you know, and one of the, one of the issues the guy's is... guy's going to quit. Well, that's one of the issues, and I can't afford to lose him because... Well, you're going to lose him. You're going to lose yeah. him because your boss is a wuss. Well, I, I think it's an interesting situation that our company has grown quite a bit over the years, and this round of leadership that's getting ready to retire is really the main growth of the business. And I don't think they know how to handle something like this. Uh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Because they mishandled. The company, it's not fair to the poor guy. He's been working his butt off for 20 years. He thinks he's in line for a promotion. They hire a guy who probably is more qualified. He probably wasn't ready for the promotion. He probably just thinks he is, but they did not handle that. Instead, they swept that under the rug and surprise along comes Will. Oh my gosh, the poor guy. You didn't yeah, do it. I'm not fussing at you, but your leaders, man, they let the poor guy down and he's going to be disillusioned. If he stays, you're going to have a bad team member. And if he, and he's probably going to leave. Well, I can sense a little bit that he's 
seen the writing on the walls, and he's doesn't matter. His feelings are going to be hurt when it, when the writing is put in oh, spotlight. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, yeah, I'm just trying to understand how to navigate this. It's a great company, great culture. I think this is just one of those situations that they're not sure how to manage, and I want to make sure it's done right because I don't want to lose the guy. And I'm you know, sorry, you don't have, you don't have that option. It's already too late. It's not been done right. And so the only question now is how big the damage is going to actually be. I'll give you a 90% probability based on my experience this guy hits eject. I don't think he stays. If I were him, I probably wouldn't stay. Just because of how it's been handled, mishandled by the people that hired you. And so, honestly, it's not your job. They should go in. The guy that hired you should go in and sit down with whoever the guy's name is and say, listen, I made a grave error. I should, you've been here 20 years. I should have been straight with you and told you that we were hiring Will for this position. And Will was brought in to take this position. I know you had your eye on it and I, I love you and I didn't want to hurt your feelings. And in the process of doing that, I'm actually probably hurting your feelings more. And I'm so sorry I goofed up as a leader. And that's your leader's script. Now, if okay. your leader won't do that, that's your only shot at maybe. But I'm still telling you, I think the guy's gone. But that, that, that's the proper thing to do. That's what should have been done before you were put on there, in there. You can't do it. You can't do it. You don't have any, you don't have any street cred with a guy. He doesn't no, care what you think. You're just the thief yeah. that took his position. Not to mention I'm 20 years younger than him. There's that too. Yeah. It makes it even harder. Yeah. I mean, you are in yeah. a, you were left in an untenable position by weak leaders. So you may have a great yeah. culture, but your leader was weak. And I, listen, I, I will say that that boldly, and I have been the guy that did crap like that too. So I've made the exact same mistake. That's why I'm passionate about it. Because in the, na- in the name of not hurting someone's feelings, I ended up hurting their feelings worse later. That's me. And that's yeah. what your boss did or the guy that brought you in did. So I, I'll tell your boss, listen back to this podcast when we play it, and he owes the guy an apology. He screwed up. And a good leader has got the backbone to sit down and apologize if they screwed up. And it just says, you know, hey, Charlie, or whatever his name is, um, you know, you've been here 20 years. You do a great job. I honestly didn't think you could fill this role, so I brought Will in to fill the role. And I should have told you that beforehand. And I have, I'm so sorry. I owed you more than that. You've earned more than that. And I let you down. I'm so sorry. I hope you'll forgive me, and I hope you'll stay because you're valuable to us. We just didn't see you filling this role. And, you know, we'll, I mean, the guy will go through all of his emotions, and he's probably gone. But uh, I hope not. I think he's seeing the right on the walls because I'm I'm sorry, Will. I'm sorry, Will. Him having hints is different than him being treated with respect. Understood. It's the lack of respect that'll cause him to eject, not missing the position. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That that's what you're dealing with, and so you, you know, I tried to use that in my mind too. That's why I'm cutting you off. Uh, when I made the same exact mistakes, and I've made it more than once, sadly, because in the name of being nice, I know I sound real rough on the radio on, on the podcast, but in the name of being nice, I have been uh, horribly unclear at times, and I have have 
have accidentally caused more damage than actually just telling the freaking truth would have done. So I know how this feels. And and then I wanted to justify it and go, well, they should have known because, I mean, if they were more self-aware, they would know they didn't have the chops to cover the job. And so I try to put it back on them. But, it, you know, it's just my fault. And it, it, this falls squarely on the shoulders of your leader. And I, if I were you, I would sit down with him and say, listen, I think we need to retain this guy, and I think the only shot we've got at retaining him is you going in and say you messed up by not telling him and you apologizing to him. That's the only shot. And I really do think that's a, the right thing to do, even if the guy leaves. It's still the right thing to do to give him the honor of 20 years of showing him some respect, um, even if he can't do the job. Uh, and I will tell you, you're going to run into this again because you're in a growth curve industry. We've ran into it where somebody's been here a long time, and I love them. And it's uh, they just do not have the tools in their belt to do the next thing that we're going to go do. And I have to bring someone in in addition to them. I don't fire them, but they don't get that promotion because they just can't they, they can't handle it. And, and it it's it is hurtful, but it's a lot more hurtful when you. Wait till later to tell them. Ouch. That's how this works. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. When you delay these things, you make them worse. Every time. Kicking the can down the road just hurts your toe. It just it just leaves a bloody toe. That's all you get. Bloody toe, kicked can. Every time. I've done it, and I, I'm as guilty as y'all are. But, you know, but we got to stop doing it. It's, it's weak leadership, you guys. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. Hey, folks, I started Ramsey Solutions on a card table 30 years ago. Over that time, we had too many different systems, and they slowed us down. That's why we now use NetSuite. NetSuite works for us, and it'll make a difference for your business, too. Whether you're just starting out or you're well on your way to becoming a multimillion-dollar company, NetSuite can scale with you to help communicate across departments and plan ahead better. See, you know your day-to-day forward and backward. But stuff like analytics, accounting, human capital management, all that might be another story. Or maybe you're not tech savvy. Well, all that's okay. NetSuite will help your company in your situation increase your speed. More than 37,000 companies use NetSuite to know their numbers. And right now you can download NetSuite's free KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance at netsuite.com Ramsey. That's netsuite.com slash Ramsey. Well, after 30 years of doing this, we know that our business and particularly small businesses go through five stages of business. The treadmill operator, where you're on your own and you feel like you're stuck on a treadmill, everything depends on you. That's how you start. And then you move to Pathfinder, then to Trailblazer, then to Peak Performer, and finally to Legacy Builder, where you start talking about succession plans and exit plans. And... um, that, that, you know, you can go through those in, in five years or in 50 years, but you're going to go through the five stages and you really don't get to skip a stage. Sometimes you go through one, I'm faster than another, but that's the process we teach. And if you've been listening to us for a while, you probably heard me tell other callers mention the stage of business they're in, but how do you find out what stage you're in? So you know how to level up and get to the next stage. Well, the Ontario leadership team just released our new and improved stage of business 
assessment. It'll help you easily and accurately identify exactly where your business is today. Uh, Then you'll know what to do, what to work on, so that you can level up, like I was saying, and push on through to the next thing. Click the link in the show notes or go to entreeleadership.com to find out which stage of business you're in. Cami is with us. Cami is in Idaho, Pocatello, to be precise. Hi, Cami. How are you? Hi, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? So I am a CEO inventor of a business-to-business company selling directly to salons across the U.S. We have been selling since February, and we've made about 30000 Good for you. Um, Way to go. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, people have told me that's not good. Well, February, okay. and you made 30000 bucks in your first year? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a lot okay. of people, a lot of people lost 30,000 bucks in their first year. So, uh, how is it, you're by yourself, you're doing this as a, a treadmill. Um, there are four of us who are C-suite, which is kind of funny considering how small we are. And then five people who sell for us part-time. Okay. So the, so, the five people that are selling aren't selling a lot then. That's not 30,000. They're not making a living, are they? They're not. They're doing this as a side hustle. Okay. Why uh, can you not sell enough to make it a full-time job? Because, and that's my question, I don't know how to find good salespeople. Training, I'm a chemist, and selling scares me really bad. When I go out and sell, Mm -hmm. I I throw up (laughs) or I cry. (laughs) A little bit in my mouth. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And... I'm trying to find good salespeople. Um, okay, listen, what do I, you make? Um, right now, I'm totally in the business, so I don't no, no, bring no, home I'm anything. Sorry. Well, but what my is the product that you make? Oh, okay. Uh, it's a it's a brand new treatment for hair. Um, Does I have it a work? On it. Y- yes. Do you believe in it? 100%. If somebody buys it, is it good for them to buy it? Yes. It will change their hair. Okay. Not mine, but somebody else's, you know. Okay. <laughs> Not yours. <laughs> okay. Too late on some people, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. So here's the thing. The reason I asked you those questions, I was setting you up. Yes. The best salespeople are not salespeople. Okay. They're, they're teachers? They're servants. Okay. They believe that this product should be in everyone's hair because their hair will be better. Okay. And they believe if they don't talk you into it that they let you down. Okay. So quit looking for salespeople and look for servants. Okay. The way I like to think about the best salesperson in the world is a fine dining experience with a white tablecloth. And they come in and they say, Dave, we're so glad you're at the restaurant. Tonight our special is da 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 And the perfect wine We know you love wine. The perfect wine will go with that is this. And if you want to continue to look through the menu, you can. But I got to tell you, this is what I would do if I were sitting in that seat. And every time my water glass is half empty, not one inch empty, but half empty, they're there filling it up, and we don't even realize they're there. And Sharon and I have a wonderful conversation over an incredible meal, and we don't even realize the service has occurred. And when we get done, we realize that we've had a world-class waiter service, right? Oh, yes. Okay. 
I got, I got what I wanted. I was a customer. I had an incredible experience. I had incredible food. I was never thirsty. I was never hungry. I wasn't waiting on the bill for 45 minutes while they waited seven other tables. They were there with the bill at the end. That you know, when I sat down, they're already pouring a glass of something. I mean, it was from 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 soup to nuts, a wonderful experience. And it was all because that person saw their job as an opportunity to serve someone and create an experience for them. And that's what selling is. So when I teach you to go get Entree Leadership Elite, it's because it's incredible. And if you run a small business, you ought to be in it. By the way, we're going to sign you up for it as my gift. That's how much I believe in it. And you need to be in it because you need to watch this lesson about serving is selling. Selling is serving. And it changes everything. And then you'll quit feeling nervous about it because you're going to go in and go, it's my job to make sure these folks know how awesome this is. And it's not an ego thing. Financial Peace University, I invented it. You know, 10 million people have been through it. It was me on the videos, but it's not an ego thing. The proven facts are is that the average family that goes through Financial Peace University pays off $5,300 in debt and saves $2,700 in the first 90 days. That's an $8,000 change in position. They only paid 80 bucks to go through it. That's called an incredible deal. I can change people's lives if they go through this. If I don't get them to go through it, I let them down. Do you see how I'm feeling? Yes. Yes. That's how you feel about your product, isn't it? Yes. Okay. That's selling. You're serving. You're serving. It's not manipulating someone into doing something against their will, twisting their arm and peddling snake oil. That's not selling. That's ripping people off. Yes. And that's not what you're doing. You have a quality product. I suppose you believe you do, and I believe you do because you said it. You have a quality product at a reasonable price that creates outstanding results. Yes. And to not tell someone about it would be a sin. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's serving. I'm serving you. I'm helping you. This is a great bottle of wine to go with this filet mignon. Oh, my gosh. And the lobster tail, if you add that, oh, surf and turf, here we go, game on, boys. I mean, right? I mean, we're having an experience here, right? And that's, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, have, if you buy something from someone who is slimy, you end up buying it against your will. You were not served. And you've had that experience, and that's why you hate the idea of sales. Yes. But there are times you've bought something when you were completely served and you were unbelievably glad that you did business with that company and bought that product or service, isn't there? Yes. I bought a car not long ago. The guy was incredible. He was one of the best salesmen I've run into in a long time. I tried to hire him. I mean, he was incredible. <laughs> and he just, but he took care of. It was a luxury freaking experience. Expensive car, but it was a luxury experience. And it made me want to go back and get another one. You know I mean? It's like, gosh. You know, and so, and guess what? Guess where I'll go for my next car? Hello, you know, as long as they've got a good one. But I mean, you know, but that's, that's you know, so that's what you're going to do. Now, so what you're looking for are crusaders, not salespeople. Not someone who's trying okay. to make a buck off of somebody. Not motivated only by commission. They're motivated because their hair was changed by your product and they feel obligated to tell the world about it. So you okay. might hire them out of some of um, um, some, some of the salons even, 
There may be somebody that's in a salon that would make a lot more money selling for you full time if they sold a bunch of this stuff. And if you paid a good commission rate, they might make a lot more money passionately selling something they believe in than actually working in the salon. That's possible. And of course, that depends on the pricing of the product and the comp structure and all that kind of stuff to go with it. But um, I think you're incredible. And so what I had to learn to do, because there's always haters out there, oh, you're just a, you're just a grifter. You're taking advantage of poor people. No, I'm making poor people not poor anymore, stupid. So, you know, that doesn't make me a grifter. It makes you an idiot, you know. So there's always haters out there. And so anytime you do anything in volume, you can count on that. And, and little people that don't understand, little in terms of their minds, they don't understand. You're going to have some of that, but that doesn't matter to a crusader. To a crusader, you're doing the right thing. You believe in what you're doing, and uh, I think you're incredible, and I can just sense off of you that this is going to be highly successful. I think it's going to be 30000 to 300000 to $3 million, and you're going to have problems with the volume of production. I hope that's your problem, not a marketing problem. So you're looking for crusaders that are servants. You're not looking for people who manipulate to take people's money. There's no magic little phrase or script that you can say and take money from intelligent people. I mean, you can take it from dumb people that way, but you can't take it from intelligent people. And these are salons you want to do business with you over and over and over again, so we hope they're intelligent enough to stay open. And that's the beauty of a B2B transaction. You are usually dealing with a more intelligent human. So it's an easier sale to make, but it requires some passionate belief in the act of service, not selling. That, by the way, folks, is a video that you can watch in Entree Leadership Elite. So check out Entree Leadership Elite. Go watch that video, and you'll see all the other videos on how to run a business in there. That We're going to do that. We're going to sign Cammie up and get her going here, get her a free subscription, get her started. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. Money problems are the number one cause of stress for the American worker. That stress doesn't just stay at home. It's following your people into work and hurting your business in the form of turnover, missed work, and lost productivity. The fact is, your people can't give their all at work when their finances at home are a mess. So you need a solution that actually works. You need my employee financial wellness program. It's called Smart Dollar. And employees all over America have achieved over $1 billion in debt paid and dollars saved using it. This stuff works. When you offer Smart Dollar as an employee benefit, your team will learn how to stick to a budget, pay off debt, save for emergencies, and build lasting wealth. To find out how you can provide true financial wellness to your employees, go to SmartDollar.com. SmartDollar.com. Com. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast, designed for businesses and people worried about and thinking about and fretting about leadership that have team members from anywhere from about five team members up to about 200. And uh, if you're managing 15,000 people, I'll give you advice if you want, but I've never done that. So our company is about 1,100 folks, about 300 million a year. And uh, the principles will work in a larger company. We know that. They worked when we were a smaller company, and now they work for us. But overall, that's who we're, that's who we're talking about and who we're talking to. And by the way, 54% of the gross domestic product in America, that's over half of the economy. 
is created by businesses in the size of five to 200 team members. Small business is literally mathematically the backbone of the U.S. economy. In spite of Washington, D.C. trying to poison small business as a full-time job, they've got legislation laying up there right now that they're supposed to pass to put back in place some of the tax breaks for small businesses that they accidentally took away because they were stupid and they can't even seem to get it passed. But they can't find their butt with both hands up there, so that's the way that works. Am I bitter? Yes, I'm getting ready to have to write a tax check because of these idiots. So there you go. So, But, hey, we in small business know that we are who make the things go round out here. We're the ones that get stuff done, boys and girls, and I'm here to help you. If you want to be on the show, call me at 844-944-1070. That's 844-944-1070. We're glad you're with us. By the way, if you like the show, please follow us or subscribe or whatever your particular venue, YouTube, or podcast that you're doing this. Click the subscribe, the follow button. It changes the algorithm and causes us to be pushed forward in the offerings. Helps us a bunch. It's a huge promotional item. We would appreciate it greatly. Click follow, click subscribe, share the show. There's links for you to share. You can share the link or you can push the share button in some cases. And it's easy to send it to a friend. Hey, listen to this. It'll help you. Um, and of course, you can also leave a five-star review and that's very helpful. If you have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. If you hate the show, why are you wasting your time? Go somewhere else. You don't have to leave a one-star review. It's dumb. All right, Michael is with us. Michael's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, Michael, what's up? Hey, Dave. Thank you so much for uh, taking my call. I uh, I really have learned a lot from you, and uh, and I appreciate everything that you and your uh, and your crew does. Um, I'm uh, I'm 32 years old. I run a specialty food business in uh, in uh, in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a brick and mortar store. We also have a food manufacturing uh, operation. Cool. Um, Good so for you. I've owned uh, thank you. I've uh, I've owned the business for about eight years. Um, and this year we're on track to do about 1.2 million. Yeah. Good um, for you. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, my question is is um, how do I navigate possibly making my wife uh, a co-owner of the business? Um, and changing the business structure or leaving it as is, but just honoring my wife and her work. And I'm just trying to figure out really what's the best way to have a partnership in life and also in business. And so that's, that's the reason for my call today. Okay. Uh, what is your ownership structure? A sub S an LLC? What? So when I purchased the business in 2015, um, I created an LLC and it was before, um, my wife and I, uh, we're married. Okay. Um, so, so it's an, it's an LLC with a single member. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah, that's how it's currently set up. Okay. Uh, did you have an attorney do that? Oh, uh, yes, we do. Do you work with an attorney regularly? I do. Yes. Okay. Just call them up and tell them you put your wife on the LLC as one of the owners. Okay. Shouldn't be a big deal. I mean, you're, she's not, she doesn't work there, right? Uh, no, she, she does work with the company. Oh, okay. Um, she, she does, uh, our marketing, um, and, uh, obviously any major business decisions, we're going to open up another store or acquire another company or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, you know, she's really the right hand woman, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, okay. And she's very smart. And how many I, people I work on your team? We have about eight people. Okay. All right. And do, does she get paid for the marketing or just gets paid out of the profits? Uh, so we both just get paid out of the profits. Okay. That's um, fine. But we do take a annual uh, withdraw before the profit. Yeah, that's fine. 
That's fine. But yeah. there's not any, not any, quote, salary that you get as CEO or salary that she gets as marketing, which is fine. That's perfectly fine. No problem with that at all. Okay. Yeah. No, we, we lump it together. So yeah. we, we, we use I don't whole... know the uh, divorce court laws in New Mexico, but I suspect she probably owns half of this anyway. Right. In the event of a divorce, she would probably get rights to half of it, particularly since she works in it. Um, I don't, again, I don't, I'm not an attorney in New Mexico, so, uh, but it's real simple. Uh, Sharon is on all of our LLCs. In some cases, Sharon's the only one on them from a risk management perspective. I own so few things nowadays, it's ridiculous. Um, in case somebody wanted to sue Dave Ramsey, he really doesn't own anything. You know, it's pretty interesting, but yeah, technically speaking. So, um, yeah, so that's fine. Uh, how long have y'all been married? Uh, five years. Okay. Everything's going good then. Marriage wise. Yeah, it's going good. We, we have two, you know, we have two small children. Okay. Um, right. they're, you know, four and two. So we have a lot going on for sure. Um, well, Sharon's but, on all the accounts here as a signatory and she's in every, at least, um, at 50% in every LLC. In some cases, she's a hundred percent of it, depending on where it falls in our state plan. I've got a bunch of LLCs, so, uh, um, you know, and, and different things. Now, what I would do is call that. That's an easy one. Just call the attorney and give her half the LLC. It's not a problem. It doesn't. All it does is just do what's probably already there anyway. She probably has marital rights to the assets anyway, but it's okay, um, and it, it's a way to honor and to say that. Uh, so then we. Uh, the one thing I will advise you that is not what you called about, but to be careful of your roles at work. You described her as two things as of today. She's now one of the owners and gets paid out of the profits. You're one of the owners and gets paid out of the profits. And she also does marketing and and you're the CEO. When the business gets ready to expand, you guys put on an owner hat and the two owners sit down and decide as owners, both having a vote in your mutual in, in your relationship, you know, you both have a discussion about, okay, we're both going to talk about this. We both value the other one's opinion. Do we open another store? Okay, a big decision. That's an ownership decision. That's not a CEO and marketing decision. You follow the difference? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then when you walk into back into your offices after having that discussion and she starts doing some social media buys, uh, some paid media buys, or she starts placing some other kind of marketing campaign in place, she takes off her owner hat then and puts on her marketing vice president hat who reports to the CEO. So marketing decisions flow up through the CEO's office, not the ownership office. You follow me? Yeah. And if you guys will keep those roles, we use that hat thing around here all the time. So, uh, like when we're at Thanksgiving dinner, I'm Papa Dave. I got on the Papa Dave hat. Okay. Cause I got eight, seven grandbabies running around. All right. But it's the same people at that dinner that would include Rachel Cruz, one of the Ramsey personalities. When we're sitting here at this desk doing the Ramsey show and Rachel Cruz is a co-host, I've got on my, uh, CEO hat and my Ramsey personality hat. And Rachel has on a Ramsey personality hat. I'm not Papa Dave then. We joke and cut up about it, but I'm functioning in the role that I'm doing at work. She's functioning in the role she does at work. And then when we're at Thanksgiving dinner, she's my daughter and the mother of three of my grandkids. 
and I change hats. And so you've got to be able to do that when you're working, particularly with your spouse. I had a guy, we did a a high-end VIP thing at one of the entree events, and we had 20 couples, uh, 20 people uh, up at our house, and this guy and his wife were having this same kind of discussion. It's kind of an interesting discussion. She was his CFO until they figured out they yelled at each other all the time, and she quit. And he said, no, I fired you. And she said, no, I quit. And, um, And I said, well, here's the problem. You would never talk to another CEO the way you talk to her. You disrespected her. And you, with your screeching wife argument, would never talk to a CEO like that in any other situation unless you expected your butt to get fired instantaneously. And she said, yeah. And I said, so y'all were both misbehaving because you were doing you were having a husband and wife argument instead of a CEO and a CFO discussing a business situation. And, you know, if you're the CFO, you work for the CEO. That's how that works. You're not in charge, and you don't get to get your claws out and make it otherwise. Now, if we want to go home or go to an offsite and sit down and say, we both own this thing, and as two owners, I disagree with you, then we could talk about that. But you don't disrespect each other in the office and have a husband and wife fight when you should be having a CFO and CEO discussion. And that you're not doing that, but that's an extreme example of what I'm talking about with you. You've got to be very careful to have these roles defined and how and when you're functioning in the different roles. So when you guys are making your expansion decisions, you're doing that as husband and wife owners. But when you're doing a marketing campaign, she's the marketing director submitting that to the CEO. He's approving it, and we're, we're going off with it. She doesn't run, run out there and do it by herself. She couldn't do that in any other organization. There'd be accountability for that. And so that's how we walk this through. So just be careful with that. That's something you didn't ask for, but it comes with the price of the call. And the advice here is free, and some people say it's worth exactly what you pay for it. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. Do you have an action plan to unlock the next stage for your business? It's up to you, the business owner, to gain the leadership skills and build the scalable processes that will cause your business to grow. But I've seen too many leaders give up or burn out simply because they didn't have a plan. The good news is you don't have to come up with that plan on your own. We can show you exactly what you need to do. Go to entreleadership.com slash bizquiz to take our free stages of business assessment and get the action plan you need to unlock the next stage for your business. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. If you want to be a caller, call me at 844-944-1070. Leave a voicemail. We'll call and get you, make you part of this deal. We treat it like it's a radio show or something because that's how I grew up doing this. And uh, we'll turn you into a talk radio caller. Uh, first-time caller, Dave, long-time listener, and all that kind of crap. You know, no, not really. But anyway, entreleadership.com slash ask. You can also leave your question there. We'll get back to you and put you on. We would love to have you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for following us, subscribing us. The numbers and the ratings have gone up dramatically on this show in the past few months because of you. And I really do appreciate you. I have a lot of fun, carry on like a crazy man, but I'm really glad you're there because we love helping small business people. You are heroes as far as I'm concerned. Adam is next in Cookville, Tennessee. Adam, how can we help? Hey, Dave, how are you? Better than I deserve, man. What's up? 
Oh, not too much. I am a owner operator of a small lawn care company. Uh, in 2022, we did a little over a hundred thousand in revenue, basically just me and my wife and one employee. This year, we're on track to do um, a little over 250. And um, basically, to give you a quick background, 11 years ago, um, I was in a, a really bad addiction, heroin addiction. And so when you say you're better than you're de- you deserve, I truly understand what that means and basically gave my life to God. And since then, uh, work in a ministry um, full time and then started the lawn care as part time because of my work in ministry. Um, I don't get paid for, and it helps others that are in addiction. So very Man, thankful amazing. today. $250,000 part-time gig. You're amazing. You're working your tail off part-time. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's, and anybody uh, <laughs> can beat heroin's a rock star, man. That's hero stuff. And 11 years well, dry, you're amazing. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. Thank you very much. That, that means a lot coming from you. I really respect you. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and get into my question. Uh, basic question, and then I can give you a little story behind it if you'd like. But basically, I've encountered this as my business grows a couple of times, uh, just twice. Most of my customers are great, but there have been a couple times where people just haven't paid their bill. Why? Um, well, uh, the basically send them the invoice, send them another invoice, and they basically just don't respond. Um, the first case was, you know, a minimal amount of money. And when I went to go knock on their door, they had moved out of the house and, you know, never to be seen again. This most recent time, uh, it basically, the story is we landed a large commercial client and it was managed by a property management company. And basically that property management company wasn't managing the property well they were you know lacking communication they were doing apparently some shady things uh but long story short the commercial company reached out to me directly because i was subcontracting for the management company and uh they said hey we're we're firing this company and we want to bring you on full time and basically that company found out that i continued to work for this commercial site and basically, you know, just told me over the phone, like, yeah, we're not paying you. And it was a substantial amount. So basically moving what forward, is a I wanted, amount? uh, it was a little over 10,000. Okay. Did you hire an attorney? Uh, no, I did not. And a quick update, they did end up paying, but my question was, well, how did they end did up paying? I, well, they owed another contractor um, about twenty thousand, mm-hmm. and he had a, a pretty pretty big company, and he had a legal team. Ended up sending them letters um, and filing. I guess he was going to file a lien on this property, uh, this commercial property. Mm-hmm. And I guess once that company found out, then they were like, "Okay, well, we don't want to mess around with that so they ended up paying all the contractors basically okay. so it turned out okay right. but my question was how do i handle this did i do anything wrong on my end and if someone does not pay what is the proper procedure uh to basically get paid yeah okay well no, number one thing when we have a collections problem here we immediately assume that we should not have sold that client or we sold them wrong. Okay. 
Right. So selling them wrong means I don't set the expectations at the front end of the relationship. And so it sounds like this. When you take on a new client, regardless of who it is, uh, if I'm in your shoes, it sounds like this. Hey, I run a little lawn care business. We're not a big business. We're not a bank. We don't have the money for you to not pay us promptly. If you're not going to pay us promptly, I'm not going to be able to do your work because I don't have the money to be your bank. And so sure. I don't, I'm not trying to be nasty, uh, Joe and Susie, but if we're going to cut your grass, we've got to get paid like on exactly on time, if not a little bit early. And I just right. I can't do it. I'd like to do it, but I, I'm not a big corporation that can, you know, float you for 60, 90 days. And so expect that if you don't pay on time, that I'm probably going to be over here like two or three days later and talking to you about it. Right. Because I just not because I'm a big meanie or I'm scary, but because I'm a little guy and I can't absorb the blow of you not paying. And if you set the table like that and then they don't pay and you show up at their door, they're going to be un believably embarrassed and they'll never do it again. Right. So that's right. setting the, that's setting the relationship up on the front end. Okay. It's right. where we don't have any surprises later on. In other words, I'm not the guy that you don't pay. You can not pay somebody else if you want, but I'm the guy who we're going to have a discussion very quickly and very promptly. You're letting them know in a kind way that that's going to do then in a, on, on the occasion that you have someone and you've been you've been fairly nor, fairly lucky actually you've only had two clients in all this time but yes, it caused sir. you a lot of emotional distress because you personally felt betrayed yes but in neither case was this personal okay right property management guys are crook right and the other guys broke and dodging all his creditors and left town right it had nothing to do with Adam and Cookful. Sure. You were just one of many people that the property management tried to screw over. The other guy was bigger and thumped him and got you paid in the process, right? Yep. And, yep. Then the exactly. other, and the other guy, I'll guarantee you, the guy that left town not paying you, there's a whole bunch of other people that can get paid. That's somebody's broke. Yeah. Kind of like when you were on heroin. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's who that was. And so. Right. Back in the day, you're not that guy anymore, but I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So, yes, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking so, about. So, I mean, it, it's so the trick is if I can, if I can ascertain that someone is broke and can't afford my services, I don't even want to start with it. Right. Okay. So, if you'd have had a clue that the guy that moved off was in financial trouble, you probably just wouldn't have done it. Right. So if you can fish yep. around and get a couple of clues, and one of the clues will be if they react with uh, anger to the type of uh, conversation I mentioned earlier. Because broke people sometimes get very defensive. When I was broke, I would get defensive. Like, what do you mean you think I'm not going to pay? Hey, 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 <laughs> You know, and as soon as people start doing that, that that's, like, that's like when you were dating in high school and some girl said she wasn't crazy. It always means she's crazy. Right? Right. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yep. A hundred percent of the time. So same thing here. It's like, what do you mean I'm not broke? It means they're broke every time. Okay. That just, so, yeah. uh, you know, it, I'm just going to say, you know what? You're probably going to get somebody else to cut your grass. And, um, sure. and as far as the other thing goes, I don't think you could have seen that one coming. So the, the, the last piece of this is if, I, so I think if there's a collections problem at Ramsey, we set the relationship up wrong, possibly number one, number two, 
we didn't ascertain if the client was actually qualified, meaning could they pay the bill or they broke people, okay? Uh, and, and, and then number three, is there a pattern in this industry that's different? Now, you don't have that, but I've got, for instance, uh, in the radio business, I've got ad agencies sometimes that are, are representing the companies that buy ads on the Ramsey show, right? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a lot of money. And sometimes these ad agencies want us to bill them and then they bill the client and then the client pays them and then they pay us and they want 120 days for all that crap to happen. And so I've had to have the conversation for 30 years that I've been on the radio. Uh, we don't do that. When we bill you, you got to pay like right now. And if you can't pay right now, then you can't use an ad agency. And ad agencies get pissed and don't want to work with us. So you might have uh, property managers that get pissed and don't want to work with you, but you don't want to work with them either if they're going to not pay you for six months or 120 days because you're a small business guy, and that'll put you out of business with cash flow problem. Right, right. You know, and they'll string you along and be jerkwads like that guy was. So, you know, so if you're dealing with a client base that has a normal way of doing things that doesn't fit your cash needs You've got to change that relationship or not do business with them. Right. Because all all business is not good business. You could get a big old contract from somebody and them not pay you for six or seven or eight months and put you out of business. Yeah, I'm I'm learning that. Yeah. So that's bad business. You don't want that piece of business. Somebody else have to do that because I'm not in the banking business. I'm in the lawn care business. I'm not in the banking business. I'm in the radio business. I sell ads, yeah. and so right. I'm not your banker. And if you want someone to facilitate your little gyration with your client, here's an idea. All of y'all get together and prepay for 30 days. You can you cannot have the ads run until you prepay. Oh, I did that a couple times. That shut them up, right? <laughs> and so, right. but you can tell that me and agencies have been going around and around for about 30 years now. And some of them love working with us, and some of them hate us. Uh, right. You know, so for that, and, and that's okay. Cause it, it, the client base, the industry standard didn't fit my business model and cash needs. Cause I don't borrow money and I'm not going to be your bank. Okay. So lastly, one other thing, and this is more for other people out there, you could do this. Uh, but sometimes the way to have a collections problem is not have any collections. And that would be, I changed a couple of people inside the building here, a couple of clients and some of the business units here from us billing them to automatic draft on their checking account. So on the first of the month, we push a button and all the money lands in my account. Bing! No collections problem. No billing. No waiting on them to think about writing a check. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so uh, sometimes I'm running into this with uh, small vendors like you where they just come to the door with their phone and like a stripe on top and you just pay them with a card right there mm-hmm. that day. Cash on the freaking barrel head. Now, yeah, I, that I would be unusual, I think, in the yeah. lawn care business in Tennessee, but there's people mm-hmm. doing that out there. And so, you know, if you, you know, but if you're out there and you've got a different kind of a business, maybe you don't need to collect at all. Maybe you just need to push a button that it automatically hits your account. And if it bounces a check on their end, they probably weren't your client to start with. Let's just take them off the list because they're not paying their bill or prepay right. or something like that. You know, in your case, you could say, hey, I'll sell you a package for the summer of, 
however many cuts, 24 cuts, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And this yep. is the price. And if you prepay the whole thing, I'll give you a discount. Yeah. Yeah. I've moved a lot of, uh, a lot of our clients now are on a card on file system. So every month I just charge their there card you go. on file. That's it. That's exactly, that's um, perfect. And I'm trying to get people to move to, to that, you know, then, you know. And but, here's the thing. Like, if, if the yeah. broke person that you smell is a defensive, doesn't want to do card on file because they're broke, they're not your customer. Let them go. Right. Give them your yeah. competitor's business card. Yep. Yep. Let them go do business with him and put him out of business. Sure. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah. Or, or for instance, a big account, you go, Hey man, I do it with all my residential customers and you guys are property management. I've had trouble with property management people. I know y'all are fine, but I, the way I do everything is just card on file. So you guys need to give me a card. And they're like, right. what? We don't do that. I'm like, yeah, I know, but that's how I do it. And so you just guys, you guys give me, give me a card. And they're like, huh? I'm like, yeah, give me a card and then we'll be, we'll get the whole account set up. What's your card number anyway? And you just, yeah, that, 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 that. And, and before they know it, they've signed up with a card on file on freaking property management operation. And they've yeah. got a card. You know, they do. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah you'd be $10,000 less. You'd be $10,000 less nervous if you had their card on file. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that's an example of changing the process. Very cool, Adam. I like it. You're a neat dude, man. Doing ministry, staying dry for 11 years, and scratching and clawing trying to figure out the basics of business and $250,000 in yards cut in Cookville, Tennessee. That definitely qualifies you as a stud. Man, that's amazing. Well done, dude. Well done. I'm honored to talk to you. People like you that make America great not some corporate weenie that does layoffs to get their profits up. You're the man. Appreciate you. Hey, better a wary warrior than a quivering critic. Leaders serve. Leaders are active, not passive. Leaders act on principle, not appearances. This world needs more high-quality leaders, so choose to lead. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. Thanks for listening to the Entree Leadership Podcast. <laughs>